Welcome to the Biomed Central Podcast. A study of 104,233 dogs in England has looked at which particular breeds are most susceptible to corneal ulcerative disease, which can cause pain and impair vision in these dogs. Joining me to talk about this is Dr. Dan O'Neill, animal epidemiologist from the Royal Vet College in London. Dan, please tell us a little bit about the Vet Compass program, what it is, how it works. Thank you very much. Um, The Vet Compass program is a revolution in how we understand the health of companion animals. Essentially, we collect data, anonymized data, from veterinary clinical practices and then use these for research. We could essentially see uh, veterinary practices as being a sieve and Vet Compass is everything that remains in the sieve after the lives of those animals have passed through. Vet Compass in the UK uh, currently gathers data, data on over 6 million companion animals. So this gives us a huge resource to explore the health, welfare and demography of these animals. Why did you decide to study corneal ulceration in dogs? Uh, corneal ulceration is a really important condition in dogs. Within Vet Compass, we decide which disorders to study based upon how common they are how severe we believe they are on the dogs, and also from my own perspective, whether we think specific breeds are associated with these diseases. The prior evidence has said that corneal ulceration would be relatively common. The prior evidence has said that it is a very painful condition, and the prior evidence had said that certain breeds were likely to be predisposed. So for this reason, we decided we needed to add real evidence applying uh, data from the real general population of the UK, something that had never been done before. What were the main findings of your study? Uh, The main findings were uh, that corneal ulceration is common, even more common than we had anticipated. Uh, About 0.8%, so just short of 1 in 100 of every dog in the study um, had a corneal ulceration during the one year, 2013. This is an extremely high level. The second finding was that it is indeed a very painful condition with um, 69% of dogs either having a record that the dogs were in pain or being given pain relief. Um, And the final result was um, how strongly associated with breeds it is. So certain types of dogs, especially the flat-faced breeds, were particularly prone to this disease. Uh, And some of these dogs, uh, pugs, French bulldogs, are enjoying a surge in popularity. Uh, What were the results of this study uh, imply for the owners, vets and these dogs themselves? This is a really good example of where Vet Compass is trying to provide evidence that can help the welfare and health of these dogs. The top breed, the breed that's most predisposed to corneal ulceration was the pug. Um, The pug indeed had over 19 times higher probability of getting this disease in crossbreed dogs. And at the moment, the pugs are riding a wave of huge popularity within the UK. Um, Unfortunately, once that popularity diminishes a little bit, it is likely a lot of these pugs will start to be rehomed or to end up in the rescue centres. This study also showed that as dogs get older, they are more likely to get corneal ulceration. It's a disease of age. So that means that not only are the pugs more predisposed than other breeds, but as they get older and this wave uh, becomes more aged, this uh, increased predisposition will become more enhanced. Were you surprised by your results? Uh, Yes, indeed, actually. And this is one of the beauties of doing this sort of research. Um, You start out with your prior uh, evidence and what you expect. Um, And in this particular case, uh, the results were much stronger than we even thought. Uh, So a prevalence of one in 100 for this disease was higher than we expected. Um, We expected that brachycephalic, these flat-faced dogs, would be predisposed, but not to the level that these results showed. 
The results showed that brachycephalic dogs were 11 times more likely to get this disease than crossbreed dogs um, or non-brachycephalic breeds. Um, this is far more than we had expected. So what recommendations would you have for vets, breeders, owners in terms of uh, awareness, treatment or uh, reducing the prevalence? The beauty of these sort of data is that we're investigating huge volumes of clinical data from vet practices. So that means that we can use these to benchmark what's happening in clinical practice. One of the uh, things we noticed in this study was that only about a quarter of the dogs were tested for dry eye. Dry eye means that the dogs are not producing enough tears and this predisposes them to corneal ulceration. So one of the recommendations for veterinary surgeons would be to routinely test uh, uh, brachycephalic dogs especially, uh, or even any dog with corneal ulceration for dry eye. When it comes to breeders and owners, um, the recommendation for owners especially would be to think twice before joining the, the bubble that's currently going on about pugs. These are beautiful dogs, they have lovely temperaments, and for some reason a lot of people find them very appealing. Perhaps it's the, the flat face that um, kind of brings out emotive issues that makes them look like babies. But there is a wave of huge popularity. It is likely to lead to a crisis as years go by. Um, and we would strongly advise people to consider strongly before they buy one of these breeds on a whim. Think about the breed, think about the breeder, think about where you're going to get it, research the dog properly, um, explore the funds that you might need if these dogs get ill, and then make a balanced, considered decision. So Vet Compass seems like a, a powerful uh, tool that we have at our disposal. Uh, what's next? Oh, the future is big for Vet Compass. Um, so uh, next, as regards to brachycephalic breeds, is to continue exploring these dogs. We've already looked specifically at the health of pugs as a breed. Next are the French Bulldogs and Bulldogs. Um, and within the brachycephalic dogs, there are quite a lot of diseases that they are um, supposedly prone to. So breathing problems, uh, spinal problems, eye problems, um, and problems giving birth. Um, so each of these will be explored in separate vet compass studies to try and put some evidence uh, behind these various assertions. If we were to go forward and were to improve the health of these breeds, it needs to be based on a strong evidence base, not just opinion or anecdote or people's emotional knee-jerk responses. We've talked a bit about brachycephalic breeds. Um, what issues have you had with other breeds of dogs? Uh, this is the beauty of a study of this size. We had over 100,000 dogs in this study. So that gives us the opportunity to explore breed from a wide range of different angles. At a very top level angle, we just explored purebred versus crossbred dogs. So all purebreds together. And the purebreds came out at having over twice the risk of corneal ulceration compared with crossbreeds. Um, the likelihood is, is that um, this is an example of where the exaggerations that happen within purebreds that drive them in certain uh, conformational directions are, are less extreme in the crossbreds. The crossbreds represent uh, a return to the average or the mean. Um, the other breed type that we explored was spaniels because there was some prior evidence that certain spaniels like cocker spaniels or cavaliers uh, were prone to ulcerative diseases of the cornea. And indeed, this is what the results showed. Spaniels as a group, all spaniels, had over three times the risk of corneal ulceration compared with non-spaniel breeds. Um, so again, it's the beauty of large data to allow us to delve down and mine uh, the wealth of information that exists out there. 
Is this the largest dog study you know of? Over 100,000 dogs. Seems like a lot. Yeah, it's actually a really good question. Um, the history of veterinary research is, is um, mainly driven by referral-based studies. Referral-based studies are based on animals that are referred. So that means that the uh, people that are dealing with those animals tend to be specialists and tended to have the ability to do the research, whereas primary care vets are working in their own primary care practices, but they don't have that sort of experience. VetCombus has revolutionized all of that, and it now allows primary care veterinary data and veterinary surgeons to be involved in research. This actually uh, was one of our earlier pieces of research. Uh, the current studies that we're doing uh, include data sets of over a half a million dogs. In another year or two, that will be doubled again, and it will continue. So as time goes by, we will end up with studies with a half a million, three quarters of a million, over a million dogs. VetCompass is also, as well as being set up in the UK, is also now up and running in Australia. And there are um, pilot projects underway in Sweden, in Denmark, in New Zealand, and also in the US and in Canada. So as time goes by, not only will we be doing research on UK dogs and cats, but we will also be amalgamating data sets of animals from all over the world. So potentially we will see studies with two, three, four, five, ten million animals in them. Then you will look back and you will look at your study of 100,000 dogs and you will start to think, actually, it wasn't so big after all. Yeah, that's, I, I just, um, that's a lot of dogs to me. So. That's, no, it is. Uh, <laughs> most studies to date are done on like 20 to 50 dogs. It's crazy. This thing just flips it all on its head. You know, this is the biggest data set in the world um, for this. And yet it's only just started. It's pretty cool. So Vet Compass isn't just dogs. Uh, what other animals are included? Uh, actually, no. Vet Compass covers every animal that walks through the door of a veterinary surgery in the UK. Um, so at the moment, we have over 7 million animals on the database, and that grows daily as new animals and new practices join. About half of those are dogs. Um, of the remainder, uh, quite a lot are cats, but we have every species from rabbits to chickens to chameleons to um, spiders. Anything that attends a veterinary surgeon ends up in our database. And we have studies so far, as well as running on dogs that are running on cats, that are running on rabbits, that are running on lizards, um, uh, and that are running on uh, guinea pigs. So the, the list goes on and on, and the power to do research is limited only by our imaginations and uh, the availability of good researchers. To read and hear more science stories, subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, at BiomedCentral, or visit our blogs at blogs.biomedcentral.com. All of our published research articles are also openly accessible on biomedcentral.com. Thank you for listening.